Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fleeting Thoughts, an altered TCG podcast, part of the Main Deck Podcast family. I'm Dan. And I'm Jordan. And today, our topic is actually answering some questions that you guys have sent to us through various different social medias that you had about the game and just some of the facets of the game, whether it's just our opinion on stuff or our take on certain things that have uh, been implemented or maybe implemented in the future in the game. Yeah, I just I I put out uh, questions everywhere. I kind of blasted them. It was like Facebook, Discord, Reddit, uh, YouTube, um, and I was really excited. We got a ton of people asking a ton of really good questions. We have some main deck team members who jumped in. We have some game developers from Altered who jumped in, and then just a bunch of a bunch of people who saw the posts and had some really. I, there's some really awesome questions in here, so I think that'll be a ton of fun. Before we do that, the Altered Kickstarter. Jordan, do you know how close I we know. are? I'm so amped. And it happens the the weekend-ish of my like birthday, technically. Ooh, uh, treat yourself. Like in the middle of, yeah, it's right in the middle of the week. So I'm, I'm claiming that, that weekend as the birthday weekend. Because not only does ALC come out, but the altered Kickstarter starts. And they've been drip-feeding some of the, like, some spoilers out and some starter deck cards and some alternate color shifted rares and oh, it's been it's been a delight so a lot of I'm people getting more amped the more a lot of people are going to have no idea what you just meant when you said alc there's a, a another card game you play called grand archive has its third set coming out um yes. right like four days before so those of us who are in the main deck crew who are investing in both are are uh well we have we have to we have to prepare our wallets a little bit for <laughs> for this tough road ahead of us yeah, as um, long as their releases stay staggered like they are, where it's like Grand Archive and then like a month or two later, Altered will have one and then a month or two later, Grand Archive. I should be able to fit it into the budget, but we'll see how it goes now that uh, Star Wars is also coming into the mix here pretty soon. And actually, that's one of our questions, too, has to do with budget and the, the and Altered and everything. So actually, maybe a couple of them probably are going to touch on that. So that's going to be kind of fun to talk about. Um, you mentioned they've been spoiling it's i use you called it a drip feed it was it's actually been more like a, a periodic release of the faucet they've been doing uh every few days a full starter deck but yeah. not just that they released the full starter deck and then in the card database on altered.gg they put in all of the rare and faction shifted versions the both rare versions of every card that's in the starter decks as well um yep. so that's been I mean, that's been really, really fun to to look at, see all the different ways that the the faction, some of the faction shifted cards are literally just, yep, that's the same card, the same common, but it's in Ordis now or something. But some um, of them are like, whoa, this does something like just to touch on it, the Atlas's color shifted one. Yeah, it has a whole new ability in addition to buying gigantic. It just gives all your tokens gigantic as well. Um, it's a little weaker itself, but you're going to have tons of tokens in in Ordis, so that's probably yeah. going to be more mileage. Stuff like that really shows, you know, how how that rare choice being in your deck can shape, I think, how you, you know, the other card choices that you end up putting in your deck. And it's certainly not like, I think it's it'd be really easy to assume that, um, you know, you're just going to put in a bunch of strong card. The rares are just stronger versions of commons. So you just put in the strong rares and stuff. But, I, you know, we've, we've touched on this in the past, but like, I think... I think there'll be a lot more freedom 
and and like ability to develop pretty unique strategies with the the rares you end up, especially the ones you the out of factions. We're calling them, by the way, we're calling them oof rares. Uh, really? <laughs> yes, yeah. The whole Discord they just call them oof out of faction. See, um, I, I saw some people like naming that and being from the Midwest, I just thought they like, like didn't think the card was good. Like they're like, oof, look at this oof rare. Oof. Like it's a, like it's not a good rare. And I looked at someone, I was like, this rare is sick. Why are they why are they calling it an oof? But now that makes so much more sense. I didn't even think that it was an acronym yeah. at the time. <laughs> yeah, it's come up a few times in the Discord. People are going, What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a funny, it's a funny acronym. I like it a lot. I, I'm I'm for it. Totally for it. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if there's any other real news to talk about quite yet. In two weeks, we're going to be having a, another episode of this. And that's, I mean, that's going to be like, if there's one to watch, one. that's going to be the one you guys want to watch for sure. I mean, obviously this one too, of course, yeah. but like, if <laughs> we already got them like, here, they're fine. If you're like, I only have enough time in my year for one more altered podcast, make it that one. Cause there's some spicy stuff going to be in that. That one, so Jordan hyping it up. I love it. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Um, so uh, other than, you know, other than getting the the feed of um, the feed of spoilers and then I mean, like some things are cool, like the, the Kickstarter is reached is over 5000 people following it right now. Um, yep, they got the the first uh, follower milestone. They're doing the giveaway of the the charm bracelets. They reached the 5000, which is the, the custom playmat giveaway, which is cool. And I forgot what the. 7,000 one is, or have they not said what the 7,000 is yet? I only remember seeing the 10,000. I don't remember sorry, anything yeah, 10, at 7,000. I knew it was three benchmarks. Yeah. And I was, no, I was the, like, yeah. the 10,000 the 10, is still a mystery. They said it's cooler than getting your own custom art playmat with your name on it and everything. So it's got to be pre- pretty cool, I would assume. I'm excited to see it. So hopefully, hopefully the community bands together and we hit the 10k before the Kickstarter starts. So yeah, that would be cool. Either way, though, like I, you know, it's I, it's been really impressive. Like you and I believed in the Altered Project from the start, right? We knew we like we we're like this is going to be good, um, but it's just been awesome the past couple of weeks to really start to see like oh wow, there's like I mean, realizing the interest level for Altered is really really cool. It is like seeing so many people, like so many names I don't recognize in both our Discord and the the official Discord is crazy. Because like like you said, like we were there, we're like, oh, we know this is good. But seeing literally thousands of thousands of people like clamoring and pumped and excited because, you know, for every follow on there, there's probably at least four or five people that are interested, just not enough to like follow the the Kickstarter pre-launch thing. So. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to see what happens when it actually goes live on the Kickstarter. It's going to be insane, and I'm excited to watch. Yeah, I've been I've been talking to like various content creators too. Um, people like like Dex and Drafts are looking at it. People like uh, Sugi from TCG Cast. They just rebranded. Um, I had a long conversation with him, stemming from like a, a Star Wars Unlimited conversation that was like. Hey, you know, like altered's really cool, and and you like needed kind of the breakdown and everything, and now he's like, oh man, it's pretty cool. So it's <laughs> yeah, shout out shout out to them though. There, that's another. By the way, just if you like like general TCG podcasts, another one you should check out uh, TCG Cast. But um, let's let's move on. Let's move on to because we got a lot of questions to try and get through today. Um, yes. So just real quick before we jump in, just our usual, you know, our usual like we don't have a sponsor for the podcast, so here's the plug. Uh, if you do enjoy what we're doing, like, comment, subscribe, five-star ratings on your podcast platform, all that stuff is super appreciated. Really, really do love 
all of that coming in. Really, thank you so much for that. And if you want to support us in a monetary way, you play any other TCGs, you can just shop a TCG player using our affiliate link, get your cards you need for whatever other cards, card games you play, and then we just get, TCG player just kicks back some of that to us. You don't spend anything extra. We just get a little kickback from them. So affiliate link is down in the description, or you can always go to bit.ly slash shop TCGs, bit.ly slash shop TCGs. Thank you so much for all your support. Okay, so mailbag time. It's really fun. This is this is really fun. We never really do mailbag stuff. Um, and uh, I just realized, you know, that we could just we just put out a call for questions and have a whole episode where it's like you guys get to tell us tell us what to talk about instead of us kind of like coming up with what do the, what what do we think they want to hear? Now we know what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's very exciting too to see all the responses we got. Um, on a, on a random note, just like main deck in general, uh, going from having just like the viewers of like the people in our town and like the friend group that knew about it to having, like I said, like just a bunch of names that I don't know them in real life yet uh, is, is really cool to have that transitional feeling of like, hey, we have a big enough viewer base where we can actually have a mailbag video is really cool and really exciting. So, <laughs> yeah, it's super exciting and I really appreciate all of the people who are tuning in. Um, I believe we're still the only ultra TCG podcast, at least the only English language one. So I guess like maybe they just, they don't have another option. They're just like, well, whatever. I guess these guys are it. So, <laughs> but either way, I, you know, I'll take what I can get. Um, okay. So, uh, first question, we're just going to, uh, we're going to go through these. We're going to start going kind of in order, but we might jump around a little bit if we need to. Um, I'm starting with the questions that were left for us on the altered TCG discord. So I went and posted there. And, uh, and ask for any questions. First one we're going to talk about is from Satonis, who's our friend and uh, fellow UVS player as well, Tim Keefe. Um, legend, a legend. Le- a legend, actually. A player was a very, was a very uh, not, not the appropriate term because he's a, <laughs> a multi, multi, multiple time world champion or something like just, yeah, uh, very, very experienced gamer. So he asked, what do you think about the plan to hold off on large organized play events until after the second set in tentative January? Uh, and he followed up with, I have limited experience with launches like this, so I'm not sure if this sort of thing is normal. Has it gone well or poorly when done elsewhere? Um, okay, so this, I mean, I, I, I also want to start off with this one because this is like a, a really interesting question and something that we haven't really talked about much. Um, Altered TCG is is in such a, I think it's in a somewhat more unique perspective, um, or I guess a more unique niche than some other TCGs where they're really not gunning to be like the competitive gamers TCG. Not that it won't be a competitive TCG, but some of the other TCGs that have launched in the last year, I'm thinking games like Battle Spirit Saga and stuff are launching and they're just like, yep, million dollars, like come compete. Like it's the, this is where you want to be if you're competing, which um, pan, panned out in different ways as well, depending on the game. Um, but altered really has this approach of, it's just kind of like optimism inclusion, like the things they really push, uh, a push to like tabletop gamers, like more board game types. Like this is a TCG you might like, it's the TCG for the players. It's, it's here to, you know, kind of buck the trends of TCGs that you didn't like in the past and, and try and like you know, invite people to the table, I think is the way I like to think about it. Um, and sometimes strong organized play programs can be a little off-putting, you know, in some ways too, to players uh, when you're going for that really wide demographic. Um, 
So yeah, anyway, that wasn't even answering question. That's just why I think this is an interesting question. <laughs> but um, so as far as the plan to hold off on large OP events, I think the the ter- the operative word there is large OP events because your locals and everything, if you got a local who's going to start hosting alternate events, I think they're going to be able to host them starting in August, like, you know, right away. Once, once the full launch happens, you'll be able to go to your locals, start playing in those events. Um, and a lot of TCGs these days are launching with similar plans to this is the truth. Um, some TCGs don't, and actually I usually appreciate, I, so like just to kind of start to get my answer out there, I appreciate when a TCG pushes the organized play out right away. Um, Grand Archive, which we were just talking about, was like, yeah, we're going to have store championships up to uh, like Grand Prix level events, Ascent events, um, and up to World Championships. World, Worlds didn't end up being until set three, um, but they ran, you know, bigger events with their set. I think it was the set two meta was uh, when the first like Ascent happened. Yeah, it was. And then prior to that, we did have, I think, some store champs in the set one metagame, I think. Maybe, maybe that's not even right though. I think, I think we did. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think one of the ones in Fargo was right before FTC. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was, it was very shortly before it launched. Yep, good, good call. So other card games do it in different ways, but just this this past year, the one of the biggest card games I saw was Lorcana, which just announced their OP program, kind of a, a couple days ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and they, they have set two is already out and set three is in spoiler season right now. And this is the announcement of when organized play is starting. So I would say Altered has already a leg up on that schedule of release. Um, another game that's going to be, you know, in this direct sort of, uh, you know, new TCG marketplace that Altered is in is Star Wars Unlimited releasing next year uh this year sorry it's already 2024 releasing in two months <laughs> um that announced um last year though they announced last year that organized play was starting like local level right away just like altered probably will but at the end of set two to three around that region so towards the end of this year they would, I think they were maybe going to start doing the sector, the or the planetary qualifiers into the first like actual major, those would be like store championships in that game, into the, the for actual major events starting early next year as well. Those galactic um, events. Yeah, the sector qualifiers into the galactic championships. I really like the names in that in, in Star Wars Limited. It's this very thematic and fun. Um, so, okay. So games do it different ways is a really roundabout way of saying that. However, some major games are doing it in a similar pattern to Altered. So like one point is of comparison is just like they are doing something that isn't like out of the box, really. It's it's like what other big games are doing, more or less. Um, and in fact, it sounds like it might actually start a little sooner than some of the other big games, depending, uh, depending on how that schedule all works, because Altered releases in August. And if their first events were to start in say February, that would still be pretty fast compared to like unlimited. Um, how do I feel about it? I, I like OP. Um, I want, I personally, so like I, 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 I like to support, you know, it main deck. I think we like to support people playing card games the way they enjoy them and having fun. And so like casual play, awesome local play, awesome. All that stuff's great. 
Um, when I'm into a card game, I like to attend events. I have, I, I, I'm the kind of person who gets energy from attending these large events. And so they're, they're like, they're important for me in my card game journey to be able to go to these, um, whether I perform well or not, whether I judge or I play, it always kind of just depends a little bit on the game. Um, but I love them and they keep my personal energy and excitement up for the game which means that I really want them to start as soon as they can. Um, and I find these games, some of these games are being so well-designed. I expect Altered is too, that like this, there's no problem with having a just a set one metagame isn't like a bad thing necessarily. It's a fun thing, I think, to be able to explore, um, even though it, usually the games do get more robust and better as they go on as well. Uh, what do you think, Jordan? Um, well, I'm a similar coin to you. I like OP a lot. I like what OP brings to the table. However, I do, I do understand probably why they're doing this because there's a couple concerns that'll come up that are, some of them are kind of unique to altered in a way that doesn't really affect other games. And I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt for those reasons, which is probably why they're delaying it a bit. One is unique cards. And the fact that they're a, even though, you know, we were just talking about how a bunch of people are in on the game collectively as a card game it's still niche compared to some other games like magic and stuff where there's bajillions of people buying a bunch of cards every time a set drops they want to probably build a repertoire of players that are behind the game and know the game well before they start doing a big tournament circuit especially when there's things like uniques in play Um, they probably also want to make sure that there's enough uniques in the wild to have a more robust uh you know metagame out there um, if not a ton of people know about the game, the early metagame might be really weird when there's only, you know, you know, a low amount of uniques in the entire pool as a whole. That could be a small factor. Um, and also, uh, given their background, um, they have a great background um, from what I know of the developers on like board games and such. But maybe they're just not super knowledgeable on what makes a good OP system great. And given their passion for the project, I would understand if they wanted to take a little more time to explore and figure out what's going to work best for their unique product before they launch it. Like they don't want to launch it and just have it be a cookie cutter of some other games and then have it not work out because of the differences between altered and normal TCGs and things like that. And also again, just because it's a new IP and new everything basically from basic, you know, from the way you buy packs to, redeem them to make decks they probably just want a little extra time to make sure that those things are really hitting on all cylinders before they need to rely on that system because like if they did it out of the gate there might be problems with the app or maybe problems with the deck submission and they want to make sure that all of those bugs are gone i assume anyway i'm, I'm talking as though i like talk to the developers and that's what I said, <laughs> but that is my assumption getting in their head spaces they just want to make sure all the other facets are well-oiled and working well. So when they hit that large OP, when things are actually on the line, when there's players traveling and stuff like that, that they can guarantee a great experience for its players. And that's that's what I am expecting. Um, so I'm, I'm fine giving them the extra time. But like you, like I love, I love my OP. I love the competitiveness. I love thinking of the best decks and, you know, brainstorming with the homies to try to figure out what the meta is and then make a cool plan to attack it. But I'm I'm okay with giving them a, a little extra time to make sure that this hits off because it is a little more unique than your average card game. Yeah, I think you raised really good points about the just the technology in general. They've spent so much time developing, they, like they've had to work from the ground up on so many things that card games 
don't even think about when they're being developed. Like, yeah, I can't imagine how much less some other card games that are just being like this kind of like, well, it's a card game. Like, you know, it's a card game. Just come play it. That those guys have to do so much less than what Altered has to do. So I we do know just from like the their development perspective, they just um development of OP, I should say, they just a a couple months ago, a month ago, I don't know. I've time's an illusion at this point, but Justin Parnell, who was a previously a pretty well-known name from Star City Games, uh, who's done uh, YouTube, who's done, who's who spent uh, many years as their acquisitions head of acquisitions there, basically, um, very well-known Magic player, um, effectively, who uh, was hired on as their North American OP manager. Um, so, which is exciting, by the way. He's he's awesome, and I think he's going to do a killer job. And I I love just again like getting more people who are like ingrained in the like competitive TCG space into to help with those those efforts and make sure everything's coming together. Um, he probably needs a little bit of time to cook too, you know, to help them and and whoever else they have working on OP. They probably just need to cook a little bit and uh, and get all their ducks in a row so they can offer a really robust and good uh, competitive experience too for the people who do want that. Um, sure, so yeah, sure. great question. Lot, I mean, we talked a lot about that, but I think that that one deserved a lot of just discussion and, and kind of explanation as well, because not everyone also knows like what's what's going on in, with organized play in general. A lot of people just coming in and being like, I like to play games, which is like, cool, <laughs> but a little extra info for you. Um, yep, for sure. Jordan, right. what's the yep. next one? Next question is from Charles W. Um, from our dis or from the altered discord. Uh, he said he asks, what are your expectations about player base? Which type of events would you be excited to attend? What uh, or what nice surprise could Altered be having for you? Is, and yeah, I think he, French is his first language. Just to, <laughs> he's yeah. I believe he's one of the game designers. OK, I was going to say, I, I think I think that's a game designer, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, and then he said, uh, yeah, what nice surprise could Altered be having for you? And obviously, why the hell did Dan put SWU above altered? <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's a meme uh in the altered discord now because in our end of year uh ranking I was when I when I had the blaster to my head and I had to choose between altered and Star Wars Unlimited I I very reluctantly said Star Wars Unlimited and now I get blasted in the altered discord <laughs> about it. <laughs> so Jordan what do you what do you think? All right, so the expectation for the player base, I personally think that this game has great legs. Um, I know we kind of talked about it amongst the group. I think this game has a real chance, like not immediately, but a real chance at breaking into the top three with the amount of players it can draw because of a few things. It has, first of all, the game itself, fantastic. So game players who like good, crunchy gameplay that is easy to approach and hard to master and great deck building, it has a lot of knobs to adjust with deck building, which is a big thing for me personally, and I know a lot of other people. It'll capture that competitive spirit because the game can be played very competitively. Like I said, it's very approachable, but there's a lot of nuances to the what you do, how you do it. It has that classic, very big metagame play of like, I can be four steps ahead of my opponent and they'll play right into it. And then I can you know, get them with the big gotcha moment. Um, but it, again, is very approachable. The rules are easy to understand. So new players, even people who don't even play card games normally that I've sat down with and taught them the game, it, they taught really easily. By a couple turns in, they already knew what they were doing. They were able to play, make semi-good plays on their own. 
the art is fantastic and the fact that it doesn't have that antagonistic like i'm killing your dude gameplay that that does put off some people so it doesn't have that it has a much brighter more positive experience making it easier for you know parents to more easily be like hey i want you know little johnny or little little jamie to come play this game with me because it's it's non-violent there's no scary pictures the art is beautiful um so i feel like the player base has the has all the elements required to really capture that huge net of people, both casual and competitive. Uh, so I really feel like the player base is going to explode. It's just a matter of time, um, especially if they get the technical side. Like, I feel like the technology behind it is the only thing that has like a lot of people held back. They're like, Oh, what if it breaks? What if this, and like once they prove that and you know, like I said, after like a year or a year and a half when they've proven themselves, it's like, Hey, our technology works. Our everything, you know, back end works, it's secure, your print on demand works, it's going to explode in my opinion. Um, and then to the second point, what type of events would I be excited to attend? Um, currently, I'm so excited about the game, I would attend most events, assuming I had the money and time off available to go. Um, obviously, OP events um, would be very exciting, competing or judging events too, like just being part of that uh, I think zeitgeist is the word, like being in that event and being with there with everyone when stuff is happening. Generally, some games will have like a small keynote at the end of a big tournament and tell, you know, the big exciting thing that's coming next. And it's fun to just be there and experience that. Um, especially if they had maybe like, uh, we talked about this uh, the other day too, if they had some sort of like artists. So maybe artists that did some of the art for the card mm. at events, kind of like how Grand Archive sometimes will invite the artists to be like, Hey, you want to come? You can, you know, give signatures and meet people. Um, that way I can get cool autographs on my favorite cards, things like that. That'd be really cool. And, you know, just in general, um, the another small Christmas list item would be wacky side events. I mean, I love your classic just draft side event or like structured side event, but I like companies and big events like world events where they have like weird stuff, like be like, these wacky team events are like an event where we just give you a trash bag of random packs and you have to build with whatever's in there or, you know, just random rule sets or even like some games I know will run like beta alternate gameplay rule sets as a side event so they can test how people like it, whether they think it's fun. I think that would be, that'd be really exciting if I saw stuff like that on the, on the docket. What about yeah, I you? Was, I was going to say just for the events section, um, one of my favorite, so I, I don't play Magic the Gathering very frequently anymore, occasional commander games. And uh, the other thing I go out of my way to do is during, um, when it, when there's a pre-release for a new set, uh, when I have time for it, I like to grab uh, one of my friends, one of my best friend, we're, we just go crash the two-headed giant event and usually crush it, um, which is just a really, I mean, we have a lot of fun. We have, it's not like we're like, jerks or anything but like we um there's some other competitive teams that we see there like every time and like oh man hope we don't go up against them again <laughs> but we dan's, also have really good games when we do dan's lying i've seen him in action they push the their opponents on the ground after they beat them and like pour yogurt <laughs> on their head yeah <laughs> like hey did you get the yogurt it's pre-release weekend <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's uh, but yeah, like I love stuff like that. I love the two v two is what two headed giant is. It's like two people and two people with a sealed deck. We open up our packs, we build our we the two of us like put our heads together. Like, what are the best two decks we can build with this? It's just a lot of that. Like, it's cooperative and competitive, and it just and it's and it's it's surprising and exciting, and it's a new set, so it's always just really fun. Like those events are the ones that hit on every single cylinder across the board, and just like have just a have a great experience every time. So if I'm what what kind of events I want to go to, I want to go to the major OP events and then I want that kind of thing. I want I want to just have an event set up where it's like, wow, like this was just fun all the way around. Whether it's a side event or an event or like something that's run at the local level too. That kind of you know, that kind of thing is possible to do in um a lot of different ways. So um expectations about player base you're i mean you you know obviously you're listening to the altered tcg podcast here <laughs> like we're we're bullish on the game um i i'm always hesitant to say a game can break into the top three um because it's such a like it's such a wall there's to get over the top three for people who don't know magic pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh is what we refer to them, the top three the big three whatever Breaking into those is breaking through 20 years of solid, consistent growth for each game, like, like over, over a long time, no game, just like a game will break into the top three in sales in a month. If it's like, like some month of the year, if it's a popular game and, and if magic didn't release a set that month, which these days is pretty rare. Um, (laughs) but, uh, getting a game to re- achieve a player base like those three games, that's something that takes an enormous amount of time. Um, as much fun as it is to be here on YouTube and like, just have a take like this game's going to crush magic or this game's going to get wrecked. This game's going to die. And de- like everyone loves to have their firm takes here. Um, I have the very, very uh, unfortunately just uninteresting take of it could uh, given a long time, maybe <laughs> um but i think you know i like to i like to look at the games that are doing something um that are doing either something very unique that is interesting or that are doing something very very well and all the games we support are i you know tend to be doing things like that altered is doing something extremely unique um they're doing things very well across the board they're developing a lot of interest. Like you said, they have the, a chance to appeal to a huge demographic. They don't have an IP to rely on. So we're not going to see a One Piece situation. Um, for people who aren't aware, the One Piece card game released a year and a half ago, and you like, you still can't get product. It sells out immediately. Boxes go for thousands of dollars of the latest set. It's It's like, it's, it, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's a, and that's like, you know, it's purely on the fact that they built an approachable game on top of an extremely popular IP. Um, Alter doesn't have that IP to build on, but they have an extremely approachable game with a lot of unique features that's going to draw a lot of attention that other games wouldn't get. So I like it. I like the potential. I expect a, I expect a lot of people to get into it and be interested. I also expect a bunch of people to be like, this is this is weird. I don't, you know, I don't jive with this. That's going to happen too. We've already seen people who are like, I don't want anything to do with QR codes. I don't want anything to do with, um, yeah, I I like to collect and I don't see anything I want here. Um, and that's fine too. You know, every game is going to be for different people, but I think there will be a lot of people who are into this. 
Um, okay. So let's move on to the next question we got from Gavken. Uh, or, or actually, I think you're giving me a, uh, you're giving me an idea here. Should we, we should move on to a Reddit question here. Let's jump back. We'll jump back. Sorry, Gavkin. We'll jump back to your question. We're going to move on to Reddit. Just started getting a few questions from different places as well. So from Reddit, we have Dion BW who asked, my question, what are your thoughts on the foiling design and technique that was used for the spoiled foil cards? Personally, I love the cold. This is sorry, still his question. Personally, I love the cold foiling technique and the design used in the flesh and blood TCG, which focuses on uh, making the subject appear in foil for the cold foil variants. The foiling design here seems to be more highlighting the background, similar to Lorcana. So um, what Dion's getting at in this question is that uh, what a lot of people in the in in the gaming community refer to them as cold foils or was popularized by flesh and blood. And rainbow foils, prism foils, people kind of call them different things. Some people call them flat foils, which is really getting at more of a different thing, flat versus patterned um, as far as the foils. But like the way these foils work is on the rainbow ones, typically you'll plate out the character so that the, when the foil goes down, it doesn't go on top of the character. Um, maybe particular effects like their eyes will still have a foiling or something, but usually then the background shines and then the character is flat. Uh, the cold, cold foilings work a little bit differently where the character or the subject of the or whatever tends to get foiled and background elements have a still have a foiling on them, but it's like a it's hard to describe. It's like a texture thing. Um, so my personal take on this and Jordan and I probably just this is just straight opinion. Um, I think cold foils look cool, but I like them sparing. I like cold foils to not be the main thing. I like the shine, the beautiful, pure, iridescent shine of rainbow foils. Um, I like patterns on them too, pattern or flat, either way, but I, I like that. And I prefer that as my main foil, but I don't mind if sometimes they're like, you know what, we're going to do some like little cold foil things for like a fun, a fun shakeup. What do you think, Jordan? Uh, for me, the cold foil depends because I've seen some cold foils in games where that doesn't look all that great and it just looks okay. But then I've seen certain cold foils that are really good and really pop and make, you know, whatever it is that they're trying to go for, like, really look sharp. Um, as far as rainbow foils, they're probably the foils I like the least. They just look too flat. And I guess mainly just because in my head, since I've played, you know, card games for an eternity, they just remind me of, like, the old way. And I've kind of been spoiled by some other games making foils that are, like, blow me away like some of the old ufs stuff like near the end of ufs before they did universes where they had like really awesome white plating with the like pattern foil and like the embellishments that had like action lines on it when it was foiled or things like panini z where each set uh not counting set one or two or print one of set one where each you know foil looked good and the character and subject matter was still easily visible text box is visible but the background had that really bombastic like patterned foil that really lit up the card mm -hmm. um just regular like flat foils they just feel for lack of a better word they just feel kind of like like low effort cheapness but <laughs> like that's just me personally i just uh, they just their vibe just doesn't vibe me i like something that's a little bit more embellishment on it if it's a flat foil that has white plating, it's 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 already like 
200% better in my eyes. Like if it has like the characters white plated, or like you said, like the eyes will still have the rainbow foil. Maybe like a spell effect will still have the foil on it, but like the rest of their clothes and stuff will be not foiled. Then it already looks better because then it feels like it's highlighting stuff and makes it look and pop better than just the like the magic old magic style of foiling where like just the whole card is just kind of flatly rainbow foiled. Because it just, uh, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like it as, has as much care put into it as, like, things with white plating on it, where only certain pieces of it are foiled. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's me. Um, but yeah, uh, so, next question will be by, I feel like I'm going to pronounce it wrong, Adam Rem? Adam and Remy? The... I think it's Adam and Remy. Adam and Remy? Maybe. Oh, wait, like yeah, two there's people. an eye there. Sorry, the like highlight that's on there. Oh, yeah. It, doesn't, it has the eye cut off, so I thought it just ended at the end. I was yeah, trolling so you Adam, in, our, in our document. Adam and Remy. <laughs> uh, thank you, Dan and Jordan, for creating content for us to enjoy. You're very You're welcome. welcome. And the question is, I am curious if there will be more map cards in the future, maybe in the form of different layouts or biome combinations. I haven't heard anyone talk about this. I think it would be a cool way to add randomness to each match, but might be hard to balance the chances of one element being too scarce or too abundant. Um, and I, you know, I, I thought about this as well. Um, that was one thing that I originally was like, oh, dude, the possibility is like with each new set, they could have the different biomes, like have them add more cards. But if they were all completely random, like if they weren't like you had to have this, that, and this included in the randomized set, it would be too swingy competitively because let's say your deck has a high amount of mountain cards and then you randomly roll and none of the biomes have like, it's just like water, grass, water, solo water, mountain water, grass. And then that's the only you know thing that has mountains on it. You're going to be at a disadvantage, not because you built your deck, you know, poorly, but just because the random draw of the new introduced uh, map cards uh would just kind of it would make it very 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 difficult to balance things in my opinion um however that i could easily see them doing cool stuff like alternate art or like you know foiled map card you know doing cool embellishments like that i could see being really interesting and a fun way to you know at least mix up the visual of the board without messing too much with the um what's the word without messing too much with the chance of something going bad that being said, wacky side events could be a fun thing where they just do random wacky stuff. Or maybe I'm thinking too short term. Maybe they'll have new map cards that have the same similar you know, map breakdown as far as the symbols. But maybe they'll have special effects. So like while you're fighting in this map, you know, plants get plus one, plus zero, plus zero or something weird. Uh, that could be something fun to toy around with I could see in the future. Yeah, I, you, the last point was what I was going to say. Like, I, currently they have an even distribution. The the permutations are all used up to include all three, um, all three different types of of terrain in each card. Um, however, it would be super easy with the system to go. You know, we're, we're releasing a new fun little side product you can buy. You buy this, you get some special map cards. They've got special effects, um, or they have a side event and it's like, it's like the, uh, 
the the great water race and it's all water and everyone's for the side of it. You just, you better have good water because that's all you're going to see. Um, you know, you could do fun stuff like that. Um, and I also think there's a lot of room if you think outside of the map cards themselves, uh, but for additional, maybe additional components you could add, you could, there could be things that are like weather effects or something like that, that could be in play, you know, that like, you maybe you flip one each time you move on to a new tile and on that on that card this effect is in play and and stuff there's there's a lot of things they can do you got to you got to toe the line a little bit between being like board gamey and tcg like but there's lots of room with especially this wide audience who think we're going to get for people who can have some fun like casual experiences like how magic has plane chase and uh arch enemy and some other not that they get a lot of support but plane chase actually got a lot more recently so they have these fun kind of side things where it's like yeah let's just toss like some extra board game like components in and just let people have fun with that um i think there's a lot of room for that in this game too oh yeah um let's jump to a couple questions from the main deck discord so it was post posted this in the main deck discord which by the way if you ever want to join there's a link down in the description as well uh where we chat about all our favorite card games and all sorts of non-card game stuff a lot of nonsense have a wonderful community there um and we also host our leagues and everything we will be hosting altered leagues i think oh that's right i'm not sure because we'll have to see how it all works with the the board game like elements and everything i think it'll work fine though i think we'll end up having leagues but um the first question is actually from Main Deck Taylor, who's the host of the Grand Archive podcast, uh, who started by trolling, but then said, in all seriousness, Equinox is starting to spoil the starter decks and cards included. I think by the time the podcast airs, two or three full starters will have been spoiled. It was three, so good guess. Uh, what is each of your favorite cards spoiled so far, and why? Is it power level, art effect, or something else that draws you to the card? I have like seven cards that I was like debating between uh, for my favorite favorite, and that's not even like counting the lower echelon of this. The one I decided I pulled up to talk about today is uh, the Spindle, Muna Bastion. Um, I wanted to talk about this card because I have, I as you know, I like Muna quite a bit. I've really enjoyed playing Muna. Um, and this is a permanent landmark, which I'll have on the screen in the YouTube video, but it's a three mana cost, or three, three hand cost, three reserve cost, uh, permanent landmark that has characters you control have tough two, which is a new keyword. Um, that says your opponent's spells and abilities that target me cost two more. Um, and at noon, target character you control gains one boost. Um, so I chose this card, one, because the artwork's gorgeous. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, landscape artwork with a bunch of like Keylon crystals everywhere and a big, big pink, uh, what, you know, what you would think is like the Yggdrasil world tree or something. Um, but I like the artwork. I love this effect. And I love this card in Muna, especially. It's very interesting. Um, the fact that characters get tough too, and at noon you get to give boosts to characters, which means they have to stay, they have to be in play at noon, which is the interesting because usually characters aren't, but in Muna you're going to be anchoring them all the time. So the tough two is going to make it so your anchored characters are much harder to actually deal with, um, which is what they really need to to be able to fight against some some of the other like removal type cards we're seeing. Um, and then not only are they hard to get rid of. But then if they stay out, they get a little bigger each time. Um, makes this a very potent card. And usually the thing about a landmark is that it's going to take, it's going to kind of take a turn off for you or take a chunk of a turn off for you where you're not going to be able to progress as much that turn. It's certainly still the case here. But the cool thing about this is that when you're playing a Muna strategy where you're anchoring your dudes uh, over multiple turns, you'll go into this turn, you might have a couple characters in play 
where you can play the spindle and still potentially end up taking a side, even though you might be, might not have played as many characters that turn, um, which I think helps kind of negate the drawback. So I think it's an awesome card. I'm really excited to play with this one. How about you, Jordan? So mine, it's, it's I, I want to say it sounds kind of like a cop out because it's it's the only one of its type that they spoiled. But just what it represents got me even more excited because it was our first taste of seeing what a real unique card is going to look like. And it's, of course, the unique Rado, Radoskier. Ratatouille. No, it's Rata, it's Rata, that's what we call it. Yeah, basically it's Ratatosker. Ratatosker. That's how it's pronounced. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the unique Ratatosker is the one. I'm assuming you'll put it on screen somewhere yes, here. Yes, it'll be on the screen. Um, yeah. But, but you should one, read it out for oh, the yeah, audio. Yeah, I'll read it out. So it's a it's a one, two, so one hand cost, two reserve cost, zero, two, zero for the stat line. And it has on reserve play, you draw a card, which is similar in ways to the original. The original one on reserve, you get some boosts depending on the rare or the regular. But this one, you'll draw a card. Then it has a constant effect of, when a boost, a non-boosted character you control gains one or more boosts, you may have another target character lose fleeting. It also has an ability, if discarded from reserve, to activate any on-reserve triggers the next time you play a character from your hand this turn. I love that it has two, like, very, you know, for lack of a better word, unique abilities that you can build stuff around, which is really cool, but they wouldn't, like, it doesn't seem too out, like too overtuned. Like it's something that's good and it'll do potent stuff when it hits the board, but it's not going to be like you automatically win the game because you were able to play that card. But more importantly, just adds interesting interaction with other cards in your deck, which is always the most fun. The it's, and it's one example of a unique card and the, 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 just the weird thing. We're like, what's your favorite card? It's this one. And (laughs) It's the only one. And like, it's like you're normally, we talk about the spindle. I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely going to get three. I'm going to slam on my deck. Jordan, you're not, I mean, like, unless something crazy happens, you're not getting that card. That's your favorite, (laughs) your favorite one so far, (laughs) which is just kind of a funny thing. You'll get other cards that are extremely cool. And we're all just, we're going to appreciate everything we have here. Um, But uh, yeah, it's just, it's such a funny thing to talk about. So that's a great pick just to be like, well, it's the only unique we've seen, and the unique idea is really cool. So, um, yeah, great one. Uh, do you want to give the, ne- the the other question from the Discord as well? Should we do that? Oh, yes. For some reason, I forgot you had already answered. <laughs> I was just ex- I was yep. blinded by the uniques. <laughs> I got too excited. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, our other question from the main deck Discord is from community leader Isis. You did it. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was pronounced separate differently or if it was pronounced nope. separately. Um, nope. Are you going to buy lots of cards on launch or are you going to collect gradually? For me, and I feel like it's also going to be the same for Dan, there's going to be a large front load of cards we buy right away. Um, being no, no strangers to Kickstarter, I'm probably going to back a lot. And there's going to be a part of me that's going to back probably too much just because of the Grand Archive. <laughs> I backed way higher than I have ever paid for a card game in my life. And the game blew off so much and I liked it so much. I actually regret not spending more. So I feel like that part of my brain is going to be like, I'll pick a tier that is reasonable. And then my brain's going to be like, but what if you were to get the tier above that one? And I'll probably end up doing that. Um, but then as cards come out 
And obviously with the uniques, I'll probably buy some singles off of the app and be like, yo, there's this sick unique that's going to turn on my niche strategy for my deck. I got to have it. So it's probably a mostly column A with a little bit of column B. Yeah. Uh, so I want to be like really upfront about this um, because I really want to avoid coming off in the wrong way. Um, there are a lot of content creators who are not there. There may be, I'm not, I'm definitely not naming names. I have no one in mind necessarily, but they're not always as they're, they're a little disingenuous with what sort of games they sort of like they push on people. And for what reason? Um, and, uh, that's not our thing here at main deck. So, uh, the Kickstarter, you should back it or not as much as you feel like you should. I don't like I'm I'm not going to say anything is tendies or going to the moon or stonks or anything <laughs> like that. OK, we hear we believe in altered. We believe in the team. We believe in the project. And we are both of us are putting in probably significant money in the Kickstarter um, because we really like what they're doing. We think this company uh, has a great idea and we want to support it and we're excited to play. Um, we are in no way backing this Kickstarter because we're we're like going we're just going to make huge bankroll on this coming out or anything and and we're not doing the thing where we're being like everyone should back it so that what we buy is worth more because I'm cracking open every single box that arrives at my house I'm cracking it open and I'm probably going to do it on some sort of video I have to figure out how to do that with the QR code I have to come up with an overlay to cover QR codes or something but I'm probably going to do it uh live for people so um, because I want to, and it's fun. I'm going to collect gradually over time as well, but there is going to be a front load investment from me. Um, absolutely. You listener should do whatever you feel comfortable with and whatever you think you want to do, and you should back it if you believe in it. That's, that's my stance. hundred percent, hundred percent. There's no reason to go overboard at the end of the day. It's just a card game. Um, yeah. I'd say if you really wanted like an attack approach, I'd just go after the the cool like Kickstarter stuff that, you know, whatever whatever the best product for you in mind is. Like for example, I'm a sucker for crazy components. So if I was in the shoes where I was just had you know, I had I was just getting one tier and I was like, eh, not sure. I'd get whatever one gets me the cool components. Uh, no reason to you know like like that said, we're not going to claim it stonks. Anyone who claims that investing in a card game is good for the long term is lying to you because it's literally just a gamble. It's literally like if you took your money into a, you know, to Las Vegas, you have almost as much chance as making your money back or more money back as that. Because there's there's card games in the past that people thought were going to blow up and literally went straight into the garbage can right away. And then there's games where no one thought would do anything and then it blew up. And like, so it's literally just a gamble if you're going into it to try to make money. All, all you have to do. I mean, there's there there are so many like there's so many cases of both happening that you just have to like look at the history of, of TCGs recently. Uh, look at how some of the major like economic. I'm not, I'm definitely not gonna. I have names in mind, but I'm not naming names. But some of the people on on uh, YouTube who do um, TCG stonks, basically videos. You know who I'm talking about if you are familiar with the TCG world. How often they flip flop on this is good this is bad this is good dump it i'm in dump it you know whatever it's it's almost like it's 
impossible to predict <laughs> like you know what kind of things are going to cause it to rocket off and not and when a company's going to do well with um with their product and when they're it's like it's not a controllable thing. There are a bunch of factors that you can look at and try and make estimations, but ultimately there's always just this X factor somewhere that causes a game to rocket off or not. You can look at the other side of games too, from other Kickstarter games. Uh, Nostalgics is a Kickstarter that made nearly a million dollars. And though that product is worth almost nothing now. Um, Grand Archive made nearly a million dollars. Those first edition boxes are still worth two and a half to three times what you paid for them at the Kickstarter. Um, it's you, but uh, you know, all you can do is listen to a couple of idiots on YouTube talking about it and then make your own judgment. And I mean us, <laughs> by the way, I'm really clear about that. Um, so just use, use your own judgment, buy, if you want it, buy to support the product. Um, that's always the best thing to do. If you really want to try and make money with your money, you should talk to a financial advisor there's like someone who's qualified to give you financial advice. And I, I guarantee they're not going to tell you to back the altered Kickstarter to make money. That's not, that's not financial advice. That's very sound. Yeah. The best, um, the best advice I would probably give is just buy what you intend to open and keep for yourself. And you'd be happy with like not pulling the, the yeah. money card. Like if you're like, I'm going to buy an entire case. And even if I don't pull well, I'm still going to be excited. That's what you should get. Um, don't don't go off on a limb just to buy extra stuff that you're not sure if you're going to be excited about. So case in point, my my three case opening live stream of Grand Archive set one. Guess who is the one person in our group who missed hitting the, the money card <laughs> entirely? So, I was so sad watching the live stream. But, we we're like, it's coming, it's coming. And then but Jordan, but Jordan, I wasn't is the thing I like. Was I disappointed like mildly? Sure. But like. Then I just was like, but I wanted all of this and I got it and I had a, and I, and I love it. So, you know, yeah. I'm going to feel the same way about altered. Absolutely. The takeaway was he was still smiling at the end of the video. If that tells you anything. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and I'm going to be smiling about altered too. So, okay. Um, let's hit a couple questions up from YouTube here and then we'll close things out. There are some questions we did not get to. I, uh, I apologize about that in advance um, because we just talk a lot. But what we are going to do is we're going to save some of these questions and we'll start sprinkling them into future episodes as well, um, as long as they remain relevant. So I apologize to everyone who we did who we aren't getting to your questions today, but there were just were there were just a ton of these. So um, uh, Irkwitz on YouTube asked, since GA is so new, will I have room in my wallet for both? Um, and, and actually, we can probably be pretty quick on this one because we were just talking about this. Uh, it, it just you don't have to be full into TCGs is my main thing. Um, and I think that's the same thing we're saying with the Kickstarter, just like you can play card games and you can, there are strategies to spend less money and be in multiple if you want to. And there's also what I would only with quotations call strategies where you can just be a, an idiot like us and just put a whole bunch of money into too many games. Um, so if, if things are tight, like remember, TCGs are a luxury. You don't need TCGs. Uh, make sure you're paying your rent. Make sure you're eating like healthy human food and everything. Um, but if you want to play multiple games, buying singles, I'm telling you, is like that's the strategy. Uh, keep up on one deck for a game or something. Altered is going to be interesting because you just have that app, right? And you can just like it probably... It, it, 
it may be pretty, I don't know. It may be pretty cheap. I think it will be pretty cheap to build decks and play because I think the, the bulk of the cost is probably going to be in uniques and just don't, just don't, if you don't want to, if you don't want to spend the money um, or just use what you get. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking the same thing. Like uh, depending on what your financial situation is, just kind of play within your means. Um, one good way is just kind of dabble in both for a bit, see which one you like more and then choose that one or go kind of have these in each. Um, the one good thing about altered, not that I, not that I'm advocating for people not to buy the cards, but if you have friends that you could, that are into it, Maybe you can split the cost. Maybe you buy all the Grand Archive stuff and you share with a friend. They buy all the altered stuff and they share with you. Uh, I know a couple people in our local area do that. We have a couple of like friend group alliances where like they're in multiple card games and one person buys the bulk of the cards for this game. Another person buys the bulk of the cards for that game. And then they just kind of share their thing. Sure, it might limit what decks you can make, but... Uh, most of the time, people don't like playing the exact same mirror match all over, so you're probably going to make a different deck than your friend is anyway. So, Yep. Yeah, great advice. All right, and then on to what is probably going to be the last question for us today from coming from YouTube. It's HR Mega. I enjoyed the Roadshow demo I was able to participate in. What does League play and the like look like at this stage, um, we touched on it a bit ago. Um, for our leagues, uh, I'm assuming they're talking about our league specifically, or maybe they're just talking about the league for the game. I'll cover kind of both. For the official play, um, like we said, a lot of the large events are not going to be firing off until a later date. They said tentatively until January. Could be earlier, could be later, to probably depending on how things shape up. Um, but your in-store events will be firing off did they did they give an exact time? I assume they said within like the month of release, probably. Um, you'll I, probably be able to do in-store yeah. events. It'll probably be more dependent on your local store at that point as well. Um, but they'll probably have the infrastructure, I want to say. Again, this is just from what I've heard. Um, they haven't given an official timeline for this, uh, but it looks like probably within the first month of release, they'll have something for shops to have your local play. Um, anything I mean, I, above local play will probably be a little bit more down the road. I know there's a plan for like launch events at stores. So I, if that's in place, it's not too hard to get. I, I, I believe this question is referring to like that sort of local level casual, um, okay. casual tournaments and that kind of thing. That's like Lorcana was running leagues as well. And that's probably the point of mm. crossover. Um, so I, yeah, I think, I think that's going to be something you're going to see right away. Um, and you're going to be able to participate in right away. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, we we. You know what? I'm and okay. Then, we're. No, I was going to say. I, uh, did you want to elaborate on uh, the potential plan or tentative plan for how we're going to cover leagues on the Discord? So, so I. The only we, thing is, I just don't have a lot of information about that right now yeah. because we. It's just so much later in the year, um, and the game is different in how it works. That I wanted to be sure that people were comfortable with like webcam play. Typically, we do webcam league events on the discord server which um we plan to be able to support with altered as well but i just am not ready to commit to a time or anything because we have to get everything we have to get our ducks in a row for running that and i i'm someone who has a lot on my plate all the time so yeah, i have some ideas like said, to address that there's too. just some unique stuff too with like the, the map tiles and stuff and how we're gonna address that for online play and yep 
so stuff yeah. we just want to think about. So I can't Info answer for that, that probably coming closer to the release of the game. Um, if we can get it hammered out. Yep. Um, I had one question I wanted to ask uh, before we close. So I, this is actually going to be the last one, but okay. that's because this is relevant right now to it's not, it's going to be irrelevant next starting next episode. So I want to get oh, it okay. yeah, answered yeah, right now. <laughs> um, Ollie on the altered discord asked Kickstarter hype. What do you want to see or think what, or what do you think will come? How many backers do you think will participate and compared to other, how will it compare to other TCGs? Um, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> this is, this is a fun question because it's kind of putting, it's, it's kind of putting me in the spot where I have to actually commit to some sort of a guess. I, as much as I want to cop out and be like, I'm sure it'll be good, but I can't, I can't say for sure. I will try and say something here, um, which may be completely right or completely wrong. Um, but given what we see building and given the excitement that um, I think a lot of people have and given the excitement people will have for collecting uniques and stuff like that, um, I think this game is going to break a million on Kickstarter. Um, I think that's, I, I think it's going to break a million and that's all I'm really comfortable guessing. And again, I could be totally wrong, but Grand Archive almost got a million, which was, this is the comparing to other TCGs part. Um, Nostalgics also was at the very same time and also almost got a million. That was Those games came out at the tail end of quite a bubble of TCGs on Kickstarter, of games that, uh, if in my frank opinion, I'm, I'll be a little frank here, um, didn't have the kind of thought and uh, and infrastructure built to support the amount of money they were getting on Kickstarter. Um, Grand Archive, we we backed because we saw potential in it in that regard. Uh, some of the other games we didn't put any money into because we didn't, any people at main deck didn't see that, uh, that sort of um, foresight being shown in the Kickstarter. Uh, Altered, I see everything I need to see um, to think it's going to be a success. And it, it, while it's not during, it's, it's, it's kind of outside of that hype bubble of TCGs on Kickstarter. Now all the TCGs I've been launching have not been doing very well. Um, fine. Like, okay. To like barely making it over the line to, to not great. Um, but none of the ones that have launched in the last year have been on Kickstarter have been to that same caliber that altered has the last six truly successful one was the most successful TCG Kickstarter, which was sorcery, which made over $4 million us. Um, which I have opinions about that are in the, on our Patreon, <laughs> but, um, I would, I, okay. Would I be shocked to see altered break two or 3 million? I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm also not willing to guess that's going to happen at this stage, but I'm, I'm just that I'm going to say, I think a million's a good guess. And then I'm just going to be along for anything else that comes with that ride. How about you, Jordan? Well, I was going to say a million, but in classic fashion, uh, you took my answer. So I'm just going to say a million and one. 
Oh, wow. It's not, <laughs> no. this isn't the price no. is right, you know, right? <laughs> uh, I'd probably, I'd probably say I'm, I was also, like I said, uh, basically my answer, I was going to say I'm comfortable with a million. I feel like it has what it takes. Um, also pulling from their board game developer background, they can probably pull some board gamers into the card game. The card game is basically done and polished, which a lot of Kickstarter card games, even good ones like Grand Archive, didn't have everything ready at the time of the Kickstarter. This is basically just a completed product. So they have everything to show. They have all the answers to questions people might have. I feel like people are going to be able to back with confidence that do back. Um, they're Like I said, they'll be able to capture some of that crossover with board game people because board game people see it and be like, I recognize that developer. He made this, this, and this. This game is going to be great because he made it. Like there'll be all kinds of stuff. Plus just the TCG people like, I have no doubt that it's going to break a million. So I'll say for my guess, I'm comfortable saying one and a half million. Nice. Um, and like you said, if they got two to three, I would not be shocked at all. Um, it's just those ones are more lofty to where without knowing the price of the tiers or what kind of tiers they're having. Because like they could be bombastic where they have like $1,000, $4,000 tiers where you get to develop a card, you know, wacky stuff that just has really high points. But they might also just have modest goals where they're like the highest non-retail tier is $400 or $300 or something. And then that's that's obviously going to affect what big number they can get because there won't yeah. be the huge whales that drop $10,000 on one tier to have their name on a card or something crazy. Right. So. And, and it's worth that's a really important nuance point here in that like the reason those like Nostalgic and Grand Archive got so big was because there were I know of multiple people who were who were stonks betting um, and to the point where they made multiple Kickstarter accounts to back at the maximum possible amount, including add-ons, which I think was like $10,000 multiple times, a single person making multiple Kickstarter accounts and backing 10K, 10K, 10K um, to try and get as much as they could. Um, I So this is where I, I want to add this caveat that like, this prediction is really difficult to make right now, which going back to the previous answer, like, yeah, it's just like, and it's like anything could happen with these TCGs and stuff. And the other thing about this is that um, Equinox is not making this Kickstarter to fund the creation of the game. They have, they have funded the creation of the game. Um, they have not made money on the game yet. And it's been a few years, but they have like, the game is ready. And, and they, it's very unlike how like some of these small upstart Kickstarters are. So the, um, the expectation that we have is not like a, it's not a situation where, well, if the Kickstarter doesn't make a million dollars, it's going to be a failure or anything. Um, it's they're they're going to hit their goal in probably 12 seconds, whatever it is, it's going to be some nominal number that when you're doing a Kickstarter, you set a low goals just so you can put on the thing funded in 12 seconds or whatever. Um, if you are sure that you're going to get your money, um, it's a very common tactic. And then there's, they're going to get whatever they get at that point, And it'll all go back to basically like refilling the coffers <laughs> that have like been emptied to develop everything. Um, but, uh, if we're wrong and it like ends up at a lower number, I, you know, I certain there's certain certain factors like we were talking about that I would point to and be like, well, it's, you know, we thought they might have some bigger tiers. Um, the excitement, like we're just trying to guess at the excitement of people right now. They're like, we've said there's some people who don't like QR codes who are, 
are unsure of the project, probably get a bunch of people who back at just a small amount just being like, well, I'll just see board gamers who back at a small amount just to like, because they're, they're coming in. They're like, oh, it's cool from the Dixit people. So let's try it out, you know? Um, and it's just tough to guess at what the exact demographic is going to be like. But I, I, you know, YouTube again is a place about having takes. So a million and a, and 1.5 million are what you get from us on this one. We'll see. I hope, I hope we're right. Obviously, I hope we're right. And then to kind of expand on it, because there is technically a, a first part to that question. Some of the stuff that I hope to see in the Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. Is, um, well, I already know they're going to have deck boxes and those will probably be in some form on some of the tiers or at least as add-ons the cool deck boxes they have coming look sick i'm gonna want those i can okay this is this is my my non-official guarantee (laughs) um i'm hoping i'm putting it out there as a guarantee because i'm trying to put it in the universe so it just happens um but at gen con uh they had some very premium acrylic tokens and i hope those are part of some tier uh i hope the premium like there's like an insert that you put the map cards into that all is also acrylic and had a very nice design. It was like a 3d like environment that you slot the cards into. That was cool. And instead of the, the demo tokens right now, which are just the, the cardboard ones, they had standees that were images of the different characters. I hope for set one, they have little standees of some sort, like miniatures or something would be really cool. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see what they actually do, but even just the acrylic standees would be really cool to have of each of the characters instead of just the little tokens. That'd be, I think that would be that would tickle my I love premium components like part of my brain a lot, and I'd love that. I think Game Genic is involved. Uh, I mean, I know Game Genic is involved at least in the production of supplies. They might even be directly involved in the Kickstarter and what you can get in the Kickstarter, um, which like. Realizing that now too, I'm like, well, maybe a million is a low guess actually, because like there'll be a lot of people who are getting into the game will be like, well, I got to get that cool game genic deck box. And I, yeah, like you said, I got to get the premium tokens. I got to get this, this and, and I that. I guarantee the game genic stuff will be part of the Kickstarter only because they did the teaser for the deck box where they're like more info coming on the 19th. And I feel like if it wasn't part of the Kickstarter, they wouldn't be blasting out stuff like deck boxes so early yeah. before release unless it was going to be relevant to what we're about to spend money on i i yeah and thinking about that too like um i, I don't Actually, know yeah, i think i think i'm gonna bump my prediction up to two mil all i right, feel like they're right. gonna comfortably hit two million if you're gonna do that jordan i'll, I'll go to 1.5 and uh and <laughs> i'm gonna continue being the conservative one not because i and they're gonna get blasted not because i hate altered but just because uh, I just have... It's because he picked Star Wars Unlimited above Altered, that's why. <laughs> it's because I have anxiety <laughs> about being wrong on the internet. <laughs> um, which means I'm in the wrong game right now <laughs> doing, doing YouTube. <laughs> nah, but we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to be very pleasantly surprised um, by the result of things. Uh, not super surprised, really. Just very... I hope it's going to be very pleasant to see those numbers go up. Um, I, I think we're optimistic though very yeah for sure all right all right that's gonna do it we're gonna for for everyone who didn't get your answers to your questions gavkin i'm talking to you i'm sorry that i didn't answer your question right away i I called your name out and then i ripped it away from you um we will uh gavkin i promise yours will be answered in the next episode and then we'll get to all the other ones as we can um to future ones and if you have more questions 
Uh, I will put out another call at some point and we can continue doing these. Um, but you can always mail a question to me at maindeckgames at gmail.com. Just put uh, fleeting thoughts question. I just made this up right now, so I hope I like that. But put fleeting thoughts question in the uh, in the subject line um, so I can filter everything. Uh, but that's uh, that's just stay tuned if you are waiting. All right. And as always, that has been our fleeting thoughts as the day comes to a close. Thank you for watching so much, and we look forward to chatting with you in two weeks. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.